0: This is Bethel Online. Welcome home. This is the next best thing to being at Bethel on Sundays. We are driven by making disciples of Jesus who make disciples. When you're online, interact with us on Facebook and Instagram. When you're in Barhead, Alberta, drop in Sundays to Friday. Our goal on this podcast is to ask questions, challenge certainty, and grow a relationship with Jesus so you can go the distance and bring others with you. Thank you for tuning in. I have a bit of a history lesson today to start off with. Did you know that 20 years ago, this church celebrated its 50th anniversary of ministry? From 1949 to 1959, I found an old directory. I couldn't put everybody in, but I did put a few people in. And you may see how families have changed. There have been a lot of changes in the last 20 years, haven't there? And uh, some of you can see yourselves. There's a lot more, but... um, uh, 20 years ago, 50 years. So this year, 2019 is our 70th uh, anniversary of uh, church in Bethel here uh, in in Barham. Many people, when asked to describe God in one or two words, will say things like He's holy, or He's loving, or He's kind, or He's caring. In fact, there are many, many, many things that could be said about God in just one or two words. But there's one that's often left out. We often forget about it. And today, we're going to start a series of messages that emphasize this one thing. God is a promise keeper. In fact, he is the ultimate promise keeper. Don't get confused with the men's ministry we're talking about the nothing wrong with the men's ministry but we're talking about the fact that god makes promises and he keeps promises throughout the bible all throughout the bible god makes promises and then he says over and over and over again i will keep my promise i will do exactly what i said joshua spent 40 years in the wilderness in the desert Uh, with Moses leading the people of Israel before finally entering the promised land, and Joshua led the people to take possession of the land. So probably for 60 years, he has led the people of Israel, and towards the end of his life, Joshua says this, not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Every one was fulfilled. Isn't that an amazing testimony? After 60 years, he says not one of God's promises failed. Turn to somebody next to you and say, not one failed. Every one was fulfilled. Say that, every one was fulfilled. God makes promises and he keeps his promises. He doesn't let one go by unfulfilled. That's an incredible testimony of God's faithfulness. Of course, one of the great songs of the church, the Christian church, is great is thy faithfulness. And we are recognizing today that God is a faithful God. In Psalm 145, uh, the last half of verse 13, the Bible says the Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. Notice the word trustworthy. God is one that you can put your trust in because when he says he's going to do something he does it he means it there's no question about it coming to pass when god says it's going to happen it will happen in romans chapter 4 it speaks of abraham and you recall that abraham received promises of god that he was going to be the father of many nations and of, of many people And it says in Romans chapter 4, verse 20, that he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Are you fully persuaded that God has the power to do what he's promised you? That is absolutely fundamental if you're going to receive anything from God because the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 that faith has to do with believing that God exists and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The scripture says that God is completely able and he has the power to do what he promised to do. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 18, uh, pardon me, verses 5 to 13, We read a story where Jesus describes a man's faith as the greatest faith in all of Israel. That's pretty big faith, don't you think? The greatest faith in all of Israel. So I'm going to ask you to read God's word with me today. In fact, I'm going to ask you, I know you've been sitting for a few minutes, won't you stand with me in honor for the word of God and read along with me? I'm going to read the light verses. You're going to read the bold or the dark verses. So let's read the word of God together. This is from Matthew chapter 8. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, sit, Lord, Jesus said to him, Shall I come and heal him? For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me, I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus surfaced, he said to I such great faith. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. May God bless his word. You may be seated. Thank you. What is it that makes this man's faith so great? What is it that Jesus says, this faith, this man's faith, is greater than I've seen in anyone in all of Israel? That's pretty powerful stuff. What is it that makes his faith so great? And it's actually very simple. He simply believed that if God said it, it would be done. He didn't need Jesus to come to his house. He just needed Jesus to give a word. Just speak the word, and I know it'll be done. He used an analogy, a military analogy, that as a soldier, he understood that when he said go, soldiers were expected to go. When he said come, soldiers were expected to come. When he said do this, it was expected to be done. This centurion understood the simple fact that when Jesus said something, it was expected to be done. When Jesus said to somebody, rise and be healed, he expected it to happen. When Jesus called Lazarus, come forth, he expected Lazarus to come forth. Jesus' word is powerful. And this man had a simple understanding. If Jesus says it, it's going to be done. If Jesus says it, It's going to be done. Sadly, we live in an age where the word of God and the promises of God are not good enough. We live in an age where people need a show. People need a light display. People need to have the lights down low and the spotlights on. Got to make us feel good about it. You know what? Feelings don't last. But the word of God lasts forever. The word of God lasts forever. I don't need to feel anything but I do need a promise from God. This man said, I don't need you to come. I don't need you to come into my house and you know, make me feel something special. I just need you to speak the word. Just say the word, and it'll be done. And he believed it, and he understood that. The writer of Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12 says that he's concerned because there's coming a day when the word of God won't be good enough. And he writes, We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Do you see what that says? Who through faith and patience, they inherit what's been promised. It doesn't come necessarily because of a feeling, but it it comes because of faith and because you're patient. It doesn't always happen when we want it to happen. It happens when God has his way and God says it's going to happen. Feelings are great, but they fade. Experiences are wonderful, but they wear off. Many people have stood at an altar in a church, and they've had wonderful experiences. The music is played, the flower petals have been strewn. You know, the, uh, it's amazing what we go through to have a wedding nowadays. It's amazing. What's the most important part of the wedding? What's the most important part of the wedding? Is it not the promise that one man makes to one woman? Is that not what's going to stand you in good stead? In years to come when your child's dying in a hospital, do you really care what the candies were on the table that you gave to your guests? Does it really matter what the colors of your dress and the bridegroom dress were, does it really matter that much? What really will count you well is the promises you made to one another to stay with you through thick and thin, good times and bad times, in sickness and in health. When you lose your job and you're going through financial hardship and times are tough, does it really matter too much about the decorations in the church that day? Or what really counts, what really matters is the promises you made. I've done many, many, many ceremonies. Many, many weddings. And can I tell you this? The amount of time people spend on the vows they take is so small in comparison to all the preparations they make for everything else. But I'm going to tell you the vows you make to one another, the promises you make to one another are the most important thing you'll ever do. They're the most important thing. It really doesn't matter what color you're wearing. It really doesn't matter whether your mother wore that dress or auntie wore that dress. It really doesn't matter about the kids putting the flowers down. I mean, it's all good. I'm, I understand I'm talking about from a man's standpoint. Understand, I understand, I get that. But in the bottom rung of everything... There's only one thing that really counts, and that's the promises you made to one another. Because literally, who cares when you're standing before a judge? The judge doesn't ask you, what kind of flowers did you have at your wedding? He doesn't care. What's really important is the fact that you've broken your word to one another. It's not going to take place. The promises and the vows you make are so important, and so um, they're the things that we stand on. Feelings are great, they fade. Experiences are wonderful, they wear off. But the promises of God are always yes and amen. I've been a pastor a long time, and I recognize that we're in an age where people now often will... um, determine what they get out of church by how it made them feel. How did the songs make them feel? Was that a good old song, you know, one that we remembered from years ago and it made me feel like I used to feel 40 years ago? Or young people will say, man, that just stirred me. I felt so good about that. That's such a powerful word. I feel so good. Is that really what matters? What really matters for you today is whether you walk out of here with a promise that you can build your life on. Because I guarantee you, any feelings you have in this place today will fade away very quickly. Any experience you have, will fade away very quickly. What's really important is that when you walk into church every Sunday, you hear a promise from God's word that you can build your life on. Maybe it's a promise for healing. Maybe it's a promise for resurrection. Maybe it's a promise for Uh, god's faithfulness god's answer to prayer i don't know what it is you need but more than anything today you need a promise something that you can build on something that you can build your life on first thessalonians chapter five and verse 24 says the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it he will do it now let me issue a caution God does not take his promises lightly, and we shouldn't either. In Genesis chapter 18, there's a strange story where God makes a promise to Abraham, and he says, at this time next year, you and your wife are going to have a son. And the Bible says that Sarah, the wife, she was eavesdropping from the tent. She was listening in on the conversation. And when she heard God say... At this time next year, you're going to have a baby. She started to laugh. She was 80-some years of age. She's thinking to herself, that train done left the station a long time ago. That is not going to happen. And she began to laugh. She laughed at God's promise. And the Bible says that as God is talking to Abraham, he says, why did your wife laugh? why did your wife laugh at what I just said? And then he actually confronts Sarah. And he says, why did you laugh? And if you read the scripture, it says in verse 15, she was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. How many know that's not a good thing to do to God? <laughs> don't lie. And don't take his word lightly. Because he says, oh, yeah, you did laugh. He didn't know. Isn't that amazing? Um, Canada's gone through some amazing things in the last little while and I don't want to reveal my political views but isn't it amazing that a lady has some conversations with people in her government and uh, and they don't like what she says and she says this is what people said. No, we didn't say that. We didn't say that and they begin to slander the person who said they said it and then all of a sudden she says, oh, but I got a recording. Oh, you got a recording? And all of a sudden all the stuff goes down. And then they're mad at her because she made a recording. Listen, God's got a recording of us too. Make no mistake about it. You take lightly God's promises, God knows about it. You're not getting away with this. He's not going to forget it. Don't take lightly the promises of God. God's promises are yes and amen always. And so starting today and running through the next couple of weeks, uh, I want to encourage you to build your life on the promises of God. We're going to start a series of messages that says standing on the promises of God. We're going to suggest that you don't go looking for an experience, don't go looking for some feeling, but the fact that you need to have a promise of God on which you can build your life. And we're going to talk about all kinds of promises. I've listed just a few of them here for you. Um, these are some of the promises that you'll you'll talk about, and there's all kinds of them, and uh uh promise of peace and answer prayer and financial stability and financial blessing and there are all kinds of things that God promises and we're going to talk about some of them over the next few weeks. We want to encourage you to build your life on the promises of God. Now let me keep in mind one thing. One thing you need to keep in mind. Two things. Number one, God's timing is not our timing. When God says he's going to keep His promise, it'll be in his time, not necessarily your time. Sometimes I want his promise to happen right now. I want it now. You said it, I want it now. And that's not wise. It's really wise to say, God, I hear your word. I accept your promise. I know it's going to come to pass. Second thing to keep in mind is that God's way is not always our way. Uh, the promise may happen in a way that you don't expect it to. It may happen in a, in a fashion that you weren't expecting, that you may not even like. But God always, always stays true to his word. Always. And it will happen. Uh, we're going to close the video. I want you to watch it. Um, It's a song called Haven't Seen It Yet by Danny Gokey. It tells a story of a man who's obviously praying for his wayward daughter, but it applies to so many things in our lives. We have promises from God, and maybe we haven't seen it just yet. Maybe it hasn't come to pass just yet, but hang in there. Hang in there. The promise is going to take place. The promise will be fulfilled. Watch this video And listen to the song. Powerful words. That's great is thy faithfulness, only updated. Summer and winter, springtime and harvest. The mercies of God are new every morning. That's the old way of saying it. The new way of saying it is, don't forget the things he's done before. It's like a sunrise on the other side, waiting on the other side of the darkest night. Good things are coming, even if we can't see them. We can't see them, but we believe them. God is faithful. He's always faithful. Always. Even in the darkest of night, when you can't see anything, God's promise is yes and amen. It's coming, whether it's for healing, whether it's a spiritual thing you're seeking for, whether it's uh, something at work, something in your family. um, God's promises are yes and amen. And I I recognize clearly that there are people here today that in the last year or so you've lost loved ones and you wonder about the promises of God. God did promise that you will see them again. God promised that there will be a great reunion and that the dead in Christ are not going to precede those who've gone on before. They're, 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 you're going you're to see them. We will not precede them. They are going to come back first and there will be a meeting in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. That's a promise that God says he will keep. Would you stand with me as we close this service in prayer? The scripture says in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23 let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. Father, thank you that we can hold unswervingly to the promises of God, because we know that you are not only able to make the promises, but you have the power to fulfill the promises. So we pray, O God, and ask for this group here today, this congregation that we walk out, we walk out with a promise. Lord, whether it's a promise for healing, whether it's a promise for life, whether it's a promise for financial ability or whatever it is, Lord, I pray that today, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you'll speak to each one in this place today and help them to know a promise of God that they are important, that they are valued, and that the promise will always be fulfilled in their lives. Lord, we need a promise today. We need a promise from your word. Make it real in our lives because you are faithful, you who've promised these things. So we ask your blessing today upon your people. Bless our time of fellowship, those who are going to the picnic and those who can't. We pray blessing upon them through the week as they serve you. In Jesus' name we pray and we all say Amen. (laughs) God bless you. Hold on to the promise of God.